Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Retrolist. At some point before I was born, an old console television made its way into the closet of my sister's room. My sister's room was adjacent to mine. And I guess when I say adjacent, I should mean that my room was sort of the hallway leading to their room. So to get to their room, you had to cut through my room. So it was kind of like we were all in one big room with a partition that you could close occasionally. It's kind of odd, but I guess that's just that way our house was laid out. Now, this television was a lifesaver because you weren't allowed to watch the main TV when the adults wanted to. Eventually, we would take over, but early on, if you wanted to watch cartoons or other shows in our house, you had to watch the upstairs TV. The TV show Eight is Enough would become a hit amongst my family. Being the youngest, I really didn't have much of a say on the how or what, I was just sort of along for the ride. But the phenomenon of watching Eight is Enough in our house started in my sister's room. I guess it was up against something my parents watched, and they were downstairs watching it, and we started watching Eight is Enough up in that room. Now that TV was interesting in that it had a dial to change the channel. But to keep the reception, you had to keep pressure on the dial. And we at first just started putting our hands up against it. Somebody would have to stand there and hold it while everybody was watching it. Then my one sister, who was very clever, decided to put her foot on it and she could lie and lean back on a pillow and watch it. Eventually that wasn't enough pressure and we had to do things like get a broomstick, push it up against it, and then push the bed forward until it pushed in with enough pressure to make the TV watchable. And you would see the reception kind of going crazy and then you would push in just enough and boom, the screen would be perfect. My sisters were obsessed with It Is Enough. And if it wasn't for that television having that little idiosyncrasy, we might have never watched it as a whole family. We had the broomstick put in, we're pushing it in real hard, nothing was working, push it a little harder, oh, it stayed perfectly. Television commercial comes on, we all run to try to use the bathroom. We only had one bathroom in the house, so you had to be ready to go. Everybody gets out of the bathroom, I run back into the bedroom, and get ready to take my normal place on my sister's bed. When I hop on it, I sort of move the bed too much toward the television and spear the side of the television through and through with the broomstick. It breaks right through the channel dial and is just sticking out. We lose complete reception, never able to get it back. My sisters are very upset. They go downstairs, complain. My family says, okay, let's put on this Eight is Enough show. They get hooked and we all start watching Eight is Enough as a family. Sort of a happy accident, I guess, because from the loss of this wonderful television came a family event that we would watch week after week. Eight is Enough was a show that transcended generations. I was pretty young at the time, but there were things about it that I liked. And not just that Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, was in the pilot, and I kept expecting him to come back, but we'll talk a little bit about that later. But there was elements of drama that appealed to an older crowd, but at the same time, there was comedy. It was a what we call now a dramedy. So much so that there was actually a laugh track in this dramedy, which is rare for that type of show. On today's show, we'll talk about Eight is Enough. We'll talk about the cast, the plot. We'll talk about its reception. 
We'll talk about the theme song, some of the reunions that took place of the 80s Enough cast, and of course we'll talk about its recent release on home video. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. about eight is enough it was a television dramedy which ran on abc starting on march 15th 1977 and it would last until the end of summer august 29th 1981 it took its idea from a book by newspaper columnist and crossfire co-host thomas braden who wrote a book with the name eight is enough and sort of borrowed from his experiences and his life in the show it centered around a newspaperman in Sacramento, California, who had eight children. Those eight children, from youngest to oldest, because I was the youngest, that's how I think, are Nicholas, Tommy, Elizabeth, Nancy, Susan, Joni, Mary, and David. The father is Tom Bradford, and you see Tom Braden becomes Tom Bradford. It's not too far. And he worked at the fictional Sacramento Register. In the first season, Joan, his wife, stayed home and took care of the children. Unfortunately, the actress who played Joan, Diane Highland, was only in four episodes of the show and then got sick and had to be written out of the remainder of the first season. And sadly, she passed away only 12 days after the first episode aired. One of the things that made It Is Enough so interesting were these changes. First of all, in the pilot, there's completely different characters, and we'll talk about that later. But in the second season, when it comes on, They've completely changed the plot, and it feels very organic. Tom had become a widower, his wife had passed away, and he had fallen in love with his son's tutor, Sandra Sue Abbott, who was played by Betty Buckley. And she was a widower herself. Her husband had been killed in Vietnam. Now, just because of their original casting, they had to modify the plot, and the show became that much more interesting because of it, because now you have a family that is not typical. I mean, you could say that a family that had eight kids in the 70s wasn't that typical anymore, but here you add the element of a second marriage and the drama that goes with that, and it greatly deepened the dramatic potential of the show. Those type of changes would be embraced, and in later seasons, David and Susan would get married, and as the series progressed, the kids would graduate, they would get new jobs, and it was fluid. It felt like a real family. But you wouldn't know it, because, as I said, this dramedy used a laugh track, which, when you watch it now, is really unusual. I've been watching the DVDs, and it blows my mind, because I can't remember the last time I saw what is mostly a drama, or certainly an hour-long series, use a laugh track. It kind of takes you out of the story sometimes, but it also gives it this retro feel that you don't get just from watching another show that might be some 70s drama. 
Today's show is brought to you by your local home builder and realtor. If you got eight kids, you might need a new home. Make way for the Liverpools, the all-new concept in like getting a new home. So the show had interesting writing and an interesting plot. It also had a great cast and you had Tom Bradford, the patriarch of the family, played by Dick Van Patten. The character of Tom Bradford was ranked number 33 in TV Guide's list of the 50 greatest TV dads of all time. I think he should have maybe ranked in the top 25. I think 33 was kind of an insult for poor Tom Bradford. But I also think that might have had to do with the fact that the show had not been available on DVD or VHS. And a lot of people hadn't gotten to see the show when that voting took place, which was in 2004. So Richard Vincent Dick Van Patten, born in 1928, still alive. Probably best known for his work on Eight is Enough as Tom Bradford, at least to me. Maybe a close second is his work in the Mel Brooks movies and... He's great in Spaceballs and a movie of Mel Brooks's that I really like that doesn't get as much respect as it should, High Anxiety. Diane Hyland played Joan Wells Bradford in season one. Sadly, as I said, she passed away pretty early. She was a stage, film, and television actress. I remember her from both Eight is Enough and from my sister talking about her because my sister was a big John Travolta fan and she was dating John Travolta who she met on the set of The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Good movie to watch. Replacing her in seasons two through five would be Sandra Sue Abby Abbott Bradford, played by Betty Buckley. Betty Lynn Buckley, born in 1947, theater, film, television actress, also a singer. She's Tony and Grammy Award nominated. She did great, Nate is enough, but I will always remember her as Miss Collins, Carrie's gym teacher in the movie Carrie from 1976. Grant Goodeve played David Bradford. Now, in the pilot of the show, the role of David Bradford was played by Mark Hamill. I know what you're thinking, Mark Hamill, the star of Corvette Summer. Now, Hamill didn't like the comedic direction of the show. He wanted to do more of a straight drama, but was willing to honor his commitment, even though he had been working in films and was about to break in a very large film. Now, if you're a Mark Hamill fan or a Star Wars fan, you might know that Hamill got into a really bad auto accident and had serious facial injuries. Now that happened on the premiere of the pilot of the show, and because of those injuries, he was forced to quit the show. Personally, I would have loved to have had a big movie star like Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, on the set of Eight is Enough, a show I was watching with my family, because I, as a young kid, would not have been able to separate the two worlds. I would have just been like, oh, what's Luke doing this week, you know? He's dating some cheerleader? That's crazy. Lanny O'Grady played Mary Bradford. Sadly, she passed away in 2001. If you're a Gary Coleman fan, and who's not, in 1982, O'Grady had a role in the television movie The Kid with the Broken Halo. A lot of people will tell you that Gary Coleman was best in different strokes, but he made some great movies. You should really check out some of those movies if you haven't. Laurie Walters played Joni Bradford. Fun little fact, Walters is the oldest of the eight child actors 
who worked as a Bradford child. She's actually older than Betty Buckley, the woman who played her stepmother. She would go on to make guest appearances on other television shows like Highway to Heaven and Cheers. She also would appear in the Eight is Enough reunion specials. Susan Richardson played Susan Bradford. Sadly, because of her job and need to lose weight post-pregnancy, Richardson had a substance abuse problem that would cause her lots of grief for years afterwards. In addition to It Is Enough, she appeared on two of the Battle of the Network stars, the Spring 79 and Winter 1980 editions, and would appear on some great game shows like Password Plus, Match Game, and $20,000 Pyramid. Diane Kay played Nancy Bradford. She would also do some TV work post It Is Enough, but if you want to see her on the big screen, she was in Steven Spielberg's 1941. Connie Newton played Elizabeth Bradford. Connie Newton, who is now Connie Needham, she is the daughter-in-law of legendary stuntman and film director Hal Needham, who does some amazing films. She would continue working throughout the 80s, getting some guest appearances on some pretty good TV shows, including the Leslie Nielsen series Police Squad. Willie Ames played Tommy Bradford. Ames might be best known for his work on Eight is Enough or as Buddy Lembeck in Charles in Charge. It's hard to know. From what I hear, he's currently a cruise director for Oceana Cruises. I read that online. Now, wouldn't that be great if you go on a cruise and there's Buddy as your cruise director? That would be gravy for any cruise I went on. Adam Rich played Nicholas Bradford, the youngest, and therefore the one I identified with the most. After Eight is Enough, he would work on the short-lived Code Red and the sitcom Gunshy. He would also work on Chips, Fantasy Island, Six Million Dollar Man. Adam Rich gets around. Most importantly, his brother on the show, Willie Ames, would work with him on the cartoon version of Dungeons & Dragons, a cartoon I loved as a kid. I just want to talk about a notable recurring cast member. You had Ralph Macchio playing Jeremy Andretti. My middle sister had a huge crush on him, and I think it was from his days on Eight is Enough because she dragged me to see just about anything he would be in. Most recently, he was on the TV show Dancing with the Stars. Not sure how well he did there. We will return after these messages. It's Darth Vader, watch out! And he's got a lightsaber! It's Kenner's Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. I got you now, Ben Kenobi. With R2-D2 and C-3PO. There's even Chewbacca and Han Solo. Someone's coming, Chewie. Who's there? It's Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Now I know the Force is with us. Darth Vader, R2-D2, C-3PO, and other Kenner's Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. Is that bubble yum bubble gum? Yep. Shh. Is it soft to chew? Really soft and juicy too. And the flavor lasts a long time? Yeah. Does it last this long? Longer. This long? Longer. How long does bubble yum's flavor last? Flavor lasts this long. So long. The flavor lasts so long, long, long in bubble yum. What are you watching, Magnolia? A program. What kind? A funny one. We'll be right back with more fun. It's Zippy the What does that mean? It means the program will stop for a little while because it's time for a commercial. What's a commercial? Well, it tells about things that can be bought at a store for money. And then the program comes on again. Now back to Melville. Hey, you were right. Of course. I know the difference between a program and a commercial. 
A tip from your Better Business Bureau. And now, back to our show. Now, the show did pretty well in the ratings. After its first season, it would go on and finish in the top 20 every year. In 1977, Premiere was 23 in the ratings. Then the next season, it was number 12, then number 17, then number 12, and then number 18 for its last season. That's pretty good for a show that got canceled, but from what I understand, there was ballooning costs associated with all these actors when you have a base of eight, and then everybody who's got to go around them, things get expensive. Now, as I mentioned, there were some substance abuse problems with at least one member of the cast, and from what I've read and heard, that was not something isolated, and that was causing a lot of problems, and they were afraid that the TV show was just going to become some massive train wreck. That does not mean that the show was not very well received. It did get lots of award nominations and won some awards. It was nominated for two Emmys in 1978, and that same year it won a People's Choice Award. Then in 1980, 1981, and 1982, Adam Rich, Willie Ames, and Ralph Macchio were nominated for Young Artist Awards. Adam Rich would win in 1980 and 1981. Does this sound familiar? first two seasons of the show, there was that instrumental piece that was used as the opening theme, and it was written by veteran composer Earl Hagen. When the third season started, it was replaced with this. That is the theme song, titled Eight is Enough, which was sung by series co-star Grant Goodeve. The music and lyrics were written by Lee Holridge and Molly Ann Leakin. From season three onwards, an instrumental version of the song played over the closing credits of the show. Grant Goodeve would actually have a bit of a singing career because of that, as the song actually got some airplay on the radio. A great show like Eight is Enough inspires nostalgia, and the show would have two reunion movies on NBC. One from October 18, 1987. In that one, Mary Fran played Abby. And that was followed up in October 22, 1989 by another one. And in that one, Sandy Faison played Abby. Just as an interesting bit of coincidence or maybe showed the respect that 
NBC was not having for Eight Is Enough. They put both movies up against the World Series, which was running on ABC at the time. Personally, I chose watching the Eight Is Enough reunions. Not that the World Series isn't great and all, but come on. That happens every year. There's not an Eight Is Enough reunion every year. We will return after these messages. to you by Jell-O brand gelatin. Cheesecake. You said you were being the sales manager. He Lord. always says no to dessert. He says dessert fills you up and slows you down. Well, he won't say no to Jell-O gelatin. Looks good. You sure it isn't filling? Positive. Fabulous dessert. Thank you. Light yet so delicious. I see how you keep on your toes, Turner. <laughs> Sweetheart, you're the best. So for happy endings, don't say no, say Jell-O gelatin. Now, back to our show. So as I mentioned, the show hadn't been seen except for on the occasional reruns on cable or on local television. So I was very happy to hear that Warner Home Video on April 17th, 2012, released the complete first season of Eight is Enough on DVD. In addition to having a high-quality version of the show. It also includes two bonuses, in my opinion, the pilot episode with Mark Hamill and a cast reunion special. Must own. It is a great, great television series. The great thing about television in general is that they produce so much of it and there's so much to pick and choose from. The tragedy of TV is when the stuff that's really good is unavailable. So personally, I like to vote with my wallet and when I see something I really like and I want it to come out, I will go for it right away. If you're a fan of this type of television, I suggest you go out, pick it up. It's not very pricey at this point, and I'm sure in a couple of months you're going to see it in bins for even cheaper. So if you need to wait, do it then. Just try it. It's so good. And I think once you do, you'll like it enough that you'll look into Season 2, Season 3, and fingers crossed Season 4 and 5 eventually. And think about this. You can sit on your couch watching this thing on your nice big television. You don't have to have a broomstick propped up against your TV. You can turn it on and off with a remote control. The future ain't so bad.
Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Pyramid time. Oh, I love this show. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.